This is a Rooster Teeth production. During World War II, a U.S. Navy blimp descended over the San Francisco area with two crew members aboard. Though they were present at the time of takeoff, upon touchdown, the crew was nowhere to be found. Today, we dive into the story of one of the most peculiar disappearances in recent history, the L-8 Ghost Blimp. This is Red Web. It's a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another mystery. Welcome back, Task Force, to Red Web, the show all about the unsolved mysteries of our world, from the internet to the real world, cryptids, aliens, and all sorts of conspiracies in between. We finally cracked into a conspiracy recently with the Titanic. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, bringing you the juice, and with me, as always, reacting for the very first time, drinking that juice of knowledge, Alfredo Diaz. I've got an empty sippy cup mm-hmm. just waiting to be filled with knowledge, I've got stuffed a, with knowledge. I've got a, a sponge full so of full knowledge. for you. Yes. So just, full for you. Fill it so full for me. Okay, well, there's going to be a lot in this one. And as you know, you're you're a San Francisco local, so we're going to be dancing all around San Francisco today. Yeah, born and raised in San Francisco. Um, Not too proud of it, though, because you moved to Austin. So I, you, well, 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 I say this knowing that <laughs> this Austin was the only thing that pulled you away. This is, yeah, Otherwise, yeah, you yeah, die this, hard. This, San, this job is the only thing that could pull me away yeah. from San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm intrigued because I was like I said, born and raised. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there is the Bay Area, but I was born and raised in the heart of San Francisco. Um, but I have spent many a times in the adjacent cities and counties of San mm-hmm. Francisco, um, having been there for 25 years. So, you ever hear about the ghost blimp? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll yeah. be very curious to hear like. Your reaction, because I, I gauged your interest before we mm-hmm. recorded. A little mm-hmm. faux pas on my part. Yeah. Just yeah. to see what locations you would recognize. Right. And there's some old stomping grounds for you in there. There's some there's some locations where I would play like, that's right, but like, oh, I pitched. Stick and hoop. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, a little stick and hoop over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the locations is Daily City. And it's like, oh, I've played games there. There's, that's the mall that that's we, awesome. that's the mall that we go to. Yeah. Uh, I've had girlfriends who have lived there, yeah. like, bought my car in Daily City. Like, you oh, know wow. what I mean? Like, that's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Daily City is like 10, 15 minutes away. There's a lot popping in Daily City. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. We're going to talk about Daily City. This mostly centers around Treasure Island, but of course, we're going to get all around. Cousin lives in Treasure Island. Really? Yeah. So. That just sounds like a, a, a theme park or something. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. But no, you just drive out. I mean, uh, they were military kids, and Treasure Island was like a place where a lot of the military kids oh. like, lived. And so and I was like, like oh, yeah, okay, there's a cool. big military footprint in SF. Right? Yeah, there is. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's dive in, talk about the ghost blimp. But before we do, I want to tease. March 9th, once again, Sippy Cup of Knowledge is getting launched. We're, we're live streaming the whole ordeal. If you want to come pre-order one, we're going to sit down for an hour with you all, Task Force. Fredo and I are going to imbue each cup with actual knowledge. So as you buy them, as you pre-order them, mm-hmm. we will read out facts. Fredo's going to kind of... Well, knowledge, asterisk, knowledge. Mark, because I'm going to throw just shenanigans on right. a piece of paper. Right. And then you'll very clearly know who wrote it. Yeah. You're going to get a whole sleuth. Yeah. Is that, is that even a word? You're going to get a whole slew yeah. of knowledge in your cup. Right. I'm going to. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah. We guarantee oh, oh, it. You're going to get so many like great facts from Trevor and mm-hmm. then things. 
from me. And then just like, acknowledge residual right. info. You'll open it up and you just go, what's the paper say? It says sometimes no. You know what? That's oddly deep. Oddly deep. So that's going to happen. Uh, you can check that out on the Rooster Teeth app. Look, it's a live event. You want to mm -hmm. see the boys live. You could see the boys live. Uh -huh. Now, if you're a task force member and you're currently in the building, well, guess what? You walk out to the yard. We're going to have a uh, main stage yep. set up there. And then from there, you know, maybe a little juice. We're going to have some juices. They'll have some juices. A wide array of juices in and open bowls. And you know, yeah, juices, open bowls, and some cheese. Just, just <laughs> got to have something to... to Nip away Look, at, you man, know, like, when you're well, We're not made out of money, all right? right you get cheese right. in a live event. Most of our money goes right <laughs> back into the remodels, but let's not bury the, the lead any further. I want to talk about ghost blimps. And it's such odd timing that we're talking about this, too. I, don't, I want to address the elephant in the room. Okay, we got giant balloons in our atmosphere right now. Yeah, what the hell's going on I, with that? I can't keep up. I can't keep up. Both I'm both scared of actual alien arrival and or also actual World War Three making them. Yeah, or or just a, a weird hobbyist. Both are bad, but here's the thing: they exist. Yeah. That we know. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, it's just some like Tony Stark that no one's aware of. Yeah, that is just Balloon lad, some you know? like like rich person that is just smart or hired smart people, and just wants to do random stuff, like make balloons that fly right. over airspace. Right. Well, I mean, maybe someday in the future, once this is all in the past, and we have all the information, we can do an episode on it. Ooh. Otherwise, right now, it's just kind of... It's very grasping. fresh, and know. there's not much there yet. Right, right. Okay. But I did want to address the relevancy that we have here, because we, you know, we're talking about some inflated... Uh, aircraft or whatever. Yeah, you know, we're talking about things that are inflated to float high. Right. So let's talk about a ghost blimp. August 16th, 1942. This story begins at 6.03 a.m. The U.S. Navy blimp L-8 took off from Treasure Island in San Francisco Bay, California. L-8 was a former Goodyear blimp repurposed for monitoring the waters around the West Coast for Japanese submarines. This occurred in the middle of World War II, approximately nine months after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Just to give you some historical context. Okay. Yeah, so we're watching our coastlines. Yes, and uh, just having a dirigible that you can kind of float along the shores allows you to kind of get a high vantage point without needing to fly back and forth, you know, whatever, in a plane. So L-8 had gone on 1,092 flights without a single issue up until this point. And for clarification, you know, there's Zeppelins, there's blimps, there's hot air balloons, etc. We're talking about a blimp filled with gas. It's a balloon and a gondola underneath it that has a control room in it. We're not talking about a metal framed blimp like a Zeppelin, which is much bigger, which has its own disaster. Those are like old, that was old school blimps, wasn't it? Very, yeah. yeah and they're yeah. usually much bigger as was well. The big tragedy is like the Zeppelin was full of hydrogen? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very flammable. So, just so you know what we're talking about. But, Lieutenant Ernest DeWitt Cody and Ensign Charles Ellis Adams were the only two men on board this blimp. These are the two men that were never seen again once this blimp touched down. The small crew requirements were considered one of the benefits of using blimps as well during World War II. That way you can have more vantage points with less people, right? Oh, I say, do you have surveillance along the coast that's operated by two people? Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty with nice. With a sky advantage like that? Yeah, that's um, that's a lot for minimal effort. Oh yeah, at one point there was a third person on the blimp, machinist James Riley Hill, who was on board the L8 that morning, 
However, Cody ordered him off the flight just before takeoff, once again, taking it down to two before takeoff. But why? Is that, something, is that something that he usually does? Like, why that day? James, you might not want to be here for right. this. What's going on, Cody? Also, I mean, obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself like I usually do. Mm -hmm. But I, my, the big question yes. that's floating around my head right now is if they... It sounds like the two of them went up, they came down, the blimp came down, and they weren't there. And they were not there. How the hell did the blimp come down? How'd the blimp come down? We'll talk about it. It did kind of ping pong around the city a little bit. But again, this whole story comes from eyewitnesses. So there, as with every mystery, there's going to be a few gaps but it's a good question, and I think we'll answer that particular question, Ooh. but we won't answer, where did the two men go? Oh, yeah, Because yeah, there's yeah. some eyewitnesses that factually, and, and corroborate each other, by the way, see them on the blimp while it's in action. And we'll oh, get into all those details, okay, but I juicy. love those questions. I love that gut instinct you bring. So Cody himself, the one who ordered James Riley Hill off of the blimp, had operated L8 blimps prior to this flight. He had a lot of experience in doing this, but this was Adam's first flight as a commissioned officer, though he had served 20 years previously. So he had some experience, but first as a commissioned officer. Flashing forward about an hour and a half later, 7.38 a.m., the crew of L-8 reported their position four miles south of Farallon Island via radio. Do you know that place? No, I actually don't. Is that off the Christian, the west coast of the city now? Just to help with anybody that might not know SF, I'll try to give you some descriptors. Farallon Islands are, yeah, just west of San Francisco proper. Got it. Like, just directly west of Daly City. Okay. Oh, cool. okay. Daly City is pretty centrally located to this city. Yeah. So, there they go. They say, it's it's uh, let's radio in. We're four miles south of this particular island. That's where we're at. A few minutes later at 7.42 a.m., the crew radioed in to report, quote, am investigating suspicious oil slick. Stand by. An oil slick is a potential signal that a submarine might be in the area somewhere beneath the water. And so, of course, they're doing their jobs. They see an oil slick. They want to get down a little lower in altitude to investigate if this is just a normal oil slick, maybe a leak from a boat, or if perhaps this is a submarine. This would be the last ever radio communication received from the crew. There was a nearby fishing vessel, the Daisy Gray. There was also a Liberty ship which is a cargo ship designed for World War II. Both of these ships saw the blimp lower down to the water until they were approximately 30 feet or so from the surface. Or oh, they went really low. Real low. And that's the one benefit you have to something like this, is you can go real low, real slow, and kind of take it all in. I also feel like if it was an enemy submarine and a blimp got that low, what are you, what are you gonna do? You move so slow, it feels like. Well, you can radio back, let people know, scramble some planes or other submarines or other countermeasures. Wouldn't you be in, like, a massive amount of danger? And then that's when the military says, we only got two people on there. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean... But you're right, right. You're, you're kind of sitting ducks being a Being one bit. of the two, so it feels like a sitting duck situation. Mm -hmm, for sure. Now, the, inter the interesting thing is, if it was, like, an enemy submarine or anything like that... Yeah. Like... The blimp came back intact. Would mostly. just yeah. Oh, okay, mostly interesting. Yeah. With just the two of them missing. So initially, my th my thought is, like, how do you if they were pulled and abducted, how do you do that cleanly? I love that you like. You know what I mean? You knew where it's all going, so you tuck the alien thing in there passively. Yeah. At this yeah. point in the show, 
You know aliens are coming. No, no, no. Abducted mm-hmm. by like the you su- agree people coming, on the submarine. Like, right, right, right. Not talking extraterrestrials. <laughs> <laughs> right, though. To your point, how did it get back? If they were abducted into the the submarine or what have you, right? And like, if those ships were nearby, would they have seen it? Yeah. Well, now the interesting thing is. I thought it came back fully intact. Apparently, might have some. It's mostly intact. Uh, we'll see. There you go. Mostly intact. Yeah, it, not... for the most part. I'm not trying to mislead you, yeah. but the, we'll, we'll it see. has a little fender bender. Okay. You know, something happens. It has a. It, I'll just say this: it takes an interesting journey, and we'll get there pretty soon, actually. So yeah, it comes down 30 feet, about nine meters above the surface of the water. It begins circling this oil slick to investigate. It does have, and we'll get more into this, but it does have some countermeasures in order to interfere with submarine activity if need be. It's not entirely on the defense or just a sitting duck, but it certainly isn't your tip of the spear, as it Mm. were. So now that it's descended and we know that by eyewitnesses and they did radio in that they would do this, at 8.50, just a little bit over an hour later, 8.50 a.m., radios at Treasure Island lost contact with the crew of L-8 and search pilots were scrambled and sent out by the Navy to figure out where is this blimp, what's going on, let's just check on them. Because, of course, given the climate, right, they radioed in, an alarm. maybe this is an, uh, uh, an alarm, mm-hmm. a preemptive strike, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Absolutely. The crew was expected to return to Treasure Island around 10 a.m., but around 11 a.m., one of the planes that was sent out by the Navy actually saw the blimp at about 2,000 feet in altitude, much, much higher than the blimp should normally be in, in typical operating conditions. But when they reported back, they were like, well, I, I don't know. It, it appears to be moving smoothly. It doesn't seem that anything's wrong. Another pilot actually saw the ship later on near Mile Rock, which is just a little bit north and west of the city. Uh, It's got like a lighthouse just off the coast. And they thought because of that location that maybe it was on its way back to Treasure Island, which is just east of the city in the in the Bay Area. So it looks like maybe it's on its way back. Dang, does this thing have like cruise control or something? Because it seems like it's or if it doesn't, then they got very lucky that it started traveling back towards land. And also, like, didn't land downtown SF or something. Well, we're not done yet. Oh, damn. <laughs> it could have cruise control, but when you're in the air like that, jet streams and on eddy currents and all of that, you can yeah, get you blown around. Have to, yeah, recalculate, readjust consistently. SF is windy. It is always windy. Yeah. It is always, growing up, it was always bring a jacket. At some point, it's going to be windy and cold because mm-hmm. of that, like, that breeze from the coast. Mm-hmm. So whatever's happening, at some point in this journey, we don't know when, but we do know that the two men disappeared. It's just a question of why and how and when. So now that this blimp has been seen at both super high altitudes, also near this mile rock kind of area, lighthouse, they're kind of going, okay, maybe they just lost radio control. Maybe they're going back. At 11.15 a.m., the blimp was spotted over Ocean Beach, which was roughly 15 miles or 24 kilometers from Treasure Island. So now it seems to be moving in a different direction and it actually briefly touched down at the beach, almost like it was drifting along, kind of bumped the beach and then went back off again. That's a little terrifying. Definitely. Imagine seeing that. Right. Out for a swim. You just kind of see in the there. air and you go, oh, it, it's still coming towards me. I mm-hmm. should start running. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the beaches of San Francisco are not pleasant. Rocky. Uh, they're cold Tumultuous. all the time. And it's just not clear. They're real good for danger surfers. 
If you like to, if you like a good surf and you love a good rock, I mean, right. But not just to go and ch- it's never like, yeah, it's never like, oh, let's go swim in the, you know, then, uh, no, it's too cold. Yeah. 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 Freezing so, waters. So I assume most people were safe. Whoever might've been gandering at the beach. Yeah. What you usually do is you take your car, you drive up. It's got a row of parking spots mm-hmm. all along, like, like looking over towards the beach. You either get out, walk around, you go for a walk, walk your dog, whatever. Um, or you just sit in your car and chill. Yeah. That's it. So anyway, let's continue the journey of this blimp gone awry because now we're jumping to a golf course. Actually, specifically, Lake Merced Golf and Country Club. There were some caddies working there. Hold on, I see some nods. You know this place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, so, Lake Merced, yeah. Yeah, so Lake Merced is going to be in this story a little bit. There were caddies working there that they reported seeing the blimp. And then when they reported it, they kind of kept their eye on it, and it seemed to disappear behind two hills and then rise again. And this is where the small amount of damage comes in. It seemed to snag on one of the cliffs as they were watching it, mm. popped a small hole that started to leak, and then it, that's when the story continues. So it, it rose back up, continued drifting along. And at this point, citizens began following the blimp as it floated over the Crocker Amazon neighborhood. And as I mentioned, the cliff snag, as I'm going to call it, kind of caused a leak in the blimp itself, but it also caused the starboard engine to be packed with dirt and it bent the propeller blade. So now this thing was certainly kind of limping along as it were. It's not in full control. Even if the people are on board at this time, it opens up the door to maybe a bail, right? Like, ooh, this is a critical issue. Let's bail on top of this hill while it drifts along. Who knows? Well, that answers my question, but also it still leaves the mystery, you know, of like, um, answers the question of, Okay, that's how the blimp was damaged, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. still leaves a mystery of like, oh, okay, where are they at? Okay, where are they at? Because Definitely. it happened because the blimp was drifting out on its own. Mm-hmm. I thought the damage would possibly be because I don't know, right? Like, I feel like there'd be some resistance physically if they were like taken by an opposing country or, or, or sure. something of the sort. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I was thinking in my head, that's where the damage came from. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, a cliffside, then they were gone before that. It does feel very yeah. much that this thing was adrift prior to this. And, and that yeah, the damage the came altitude, to- they're at extremely yeah. high altitudes, all that kind of stuff. It only makes their disappearance more mysterious. Because like, if they jumped out because of the damage, sure. Okay, that makes sense. But to your point, yeah, it does feel... That the damage was caused because of their actions. Right. And there was like, it, you had a perfectly working blimp mm-hmm. long before they left. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We have a few more details, then we'll dive into the investigation. But we also have a photo of the blimp itself that I want to show you. Because, of course, it started to sag in the middle. It was losing some of the helium. It started to descend because of this. Of course, I talked about the, the engine being damaged a little bit. And if you want to see Task Force, this photo, it's on all of our social. Oh, that is always. a very saggy blimp. It's a saggy blimp. It just looks like a potato just floating in the air. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's And it's not high up. You see the power lines, you know. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. The, I mean, the, the building in the windows and the way it's designed, there's a lot of like neighborhoods in San Francisco that still have those like old school designs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this blimp is dangerously low. Yeah. Like above the city, like there's a house, I don't know what 30, 50 feet. It's kind of hard to tell, yeah. But, it's it's kind of hard it's to tell, definitely but too it's, low. it's it's close enough to have a pretty tight shot of the blimp sagging above a house, yeah. Dang, I mean, 
I love having the photos of it, though. Yeah, it does, that's an insane shot. I mean, just seeing that, I would think, oh, no, something has gone wrong with the blimp and they're trying to emergency land. But mm -hmm. to then find out that no one is on it. Yeah. I really just like, oh, you can like you can kind of see into into the the little thing, the little carriage underneath it. It's very hard to tell if there's people in there. Or yeah, I mean, it's very hard to tell, but it, it is like windows that wrap around it, yeah. right? And the carriage is actually a lot smaller than you think. So when you're imagining a blimp, you think maybe something that can hold a lot of people, but this is actually like maybe only a handful of people, and it's mm -hmm. got pretty clear windows that see through. And the, the shot isn't clear enough, nor tight enough in order to actually see, but... Yeah, I mean, you can see, you can feel the emptiness just looking at it. Mm-hmm. So this sagging blimp now is floating above the city. It's losing its helium. And at this point, eyewitness Bruce McIntyre told reporters that the blimp was, quote, dished on top and appearing to be drifting with its motors off. It slowly lost altitude and began hitting roofs and telephone poles before landing on top of someone's car on Bellevue Avenue in Daly City, about 14 miles or 23 kilometers from Treasure Island. Funny enough, this is just a fun little fact, I guess, the owner who had their car landed on was actually outside. They had just finished washing their car and they were working on buffing it all out when no they saw this blimp slowly. Yeah. It's like you just watched the <laughs> slowest crash of all time. You're like, no, 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 please, no. no oh, no, no. that's hundred percent how it would go down. And I know that you're a car lover. You you take your car out and you like you hold its hand and then wash it down a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. I got a pressure washer. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a little filter for the for the water because we got a lot of hard water lot here of hard in, water, Austin, yeah. in Austin. Don't want those mineral stains nope. on the on the car and the paint. Oh yeah. So I could see someone. So now just imagine you're buffing off the window, getting it, the last couple drops, and then a, a blimp goes. <laughs> devastating <laughs> and she's done and yep. like oh come on dang at least she's but clean. i mean wow I, I mean look we like that like it, it always like you like you said it always gets difficult the further back we go with mysteries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the more word of mouth based the information is yes but this seems like stuff that's very solid and grounded right multiple people a lot from of multiple people. different areas yep all having the same story, mm -hmm. and then someone whose car got landed on. That's not something you really make up. Yep. A blimp landed on my car. Oh, word? Let me... Like, <laughs> like you can investigate that yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know? Oh, blimp on car. Nice. It happened. I think what's interesting, too, is that unlike a lot of mysteries, no one knew that there was a mystery at all. They just knew that there was a blimp. And then eventually they knew that it was a kind of damaged-looking blimp. Well, the thing they didn't too, know that the people disappeared. Yeah, so they couldn't insert any sort of falsehoods because that happens a lot. People well, cloud the air with trying to fill their own answers in. Yes, and the thing too is, um, it's not far fetched to sit there and think, "Oh, this was like a military drill that just happened to go wrong," because we have so many ships that are just stationed along the bay, and like all types of like. Um, aircrafts that take off or even do demonstrations like the mm -hmm. Blue Angels every year. They all fly and synchronize in the air or whatnot. So there's a heavy like military like presence mm -hmm. in the Bay Area. And so if something like that happened when I was living there, they'd be like, oh, it was probably some demonstration 
or like what day is it? It might have been the like Veterans Day or something like that. And it had something going in there and then just so happened to go awry. So it's and totally it's normal, slow. basically. Yeah. Even, I, even going way back, you're just like, that's right. just a normal sight. Well, that's really interesting insight because that's true. There is like, I, I've known passively that there's like a lot of historic military presence, but yeah. even during World War II, there's just a lot going on. And so it oh, becomes yeah. normalized. And so, yeah, witnesses are just there to give you what they've seen. Yes, this happened. Yes, I saw it. It's not filled with any more kind of exaggerated storytelling or more flamboyant storytelling. It's just straightforward, which yeah. I think helps the mystery. But also, as always, where did these guys go? Because this landed. At this point, they still think the two crewmen are on this thing, lands on the guy's car. Yeah. The firemen come out. Law officials come out. They want to make sure that they're good because they haven't heard right. from them in hours. They pop the thing open. Everything is in there. And we'll talk about that in the investigation. There's tons of stuff still in there, but the gents are gone. Well, the thing is, it seems like they disappeared along, like floating above the ocean. Hmm. That's what it seems like, because at that point, it seems like the blimp itself, there's multiple sightings of it just kind of doing the odd, last time in control thing. Yeah. yeah, last time mm. in control. Otherwise, when you said they went over Daly City, let me tell you, Daly City is so foggy and so full <laughs> of like Filipinos and Asians that the running joke there is that it's so foggy because of like, you know, all the Filipinos, all the Asians cooking rice because there's so many rice cookers oh there. god so all the steam family steaming it's like all the families all the filipinos all the asians families mm. cooking rice and the rice steamers and that's you know and that's what's causing all the fog <laughs> in daily city and so like it, like for a second i went oh they they're over daily city they're coming no you can Listen. jump out of that blimp over daily city and no <laughs> one would spot you it's so foggy like well now i got a new theory because i've seen uh you know gma Gima, yeah, yeah, Gima Diaz has yeah, come over. Yeah, my girl. Uh, and and she's she's made some lumpia. Yeah, she's made a, a, yeah, a yeah, nice bed yeah. of rice. Oh, uh, yeah, now I can just rice. see maybe they were coming over for some for some lumpia. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're coming down for some dinner time. You're like, Chief, coming to you. Yeah. it's dinner time. Then I'm, I'm hitting treasure home. home. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Well, I don't but know. like that would be like if they were just like, look, we want to ditch this blimp mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over Daly City and that immense dense fog. That's the place to do it. Yeah. But it seems like they were already gone before that. Interesting. So in my mind, they were somewhere in the ocean. That's, yeah. But like as to why? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Because it almost, There's a lot of theories on this one. Yeah. I'm very interested on the theories mm -hmm. because right now it just seems like, I don't know. Like this, this goes kind of dark, but it does seem like suicide just jump into the ocean however the however go. this cookie crumbles i'm definitely thinking that the two met their end in some way I, yeah, because I, if I, they I made it out alive myself. whatever happened one would expect them to come forward and be like no no no, we're fine right. we're here and then you'd have an answer and but, or or yeah. like if they i'm more honed in on, i'm honed in on that but mm -hmm. that being over the ocean because if they wanted to meet their end on land, then someone would report a body somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And that does tap into the idea of Cody going, no, James, you right. don't want to be on this one. Yeah, also, yeah, there's that. Like, why? Well, we'll pin that. Yeah. We'll come around to the theories. I want to get into the investigation because yep. it does have a decent amount of info, some revelations, and a little bit more as to what's on the ship, okay. the airship, I should say. And I'll be very curious then how that changes some of your gut checks some okay. of your some of your theories so 
At the scene, as I mentioned, the blimp touched down, lands on someone's beautifully washed car. The doors of the gondola were opened, and inside, interestingly enough, the ship was equipped with three parachutes. It also had a life raft. All of that was still on board at the time. So, whatever happened, it doesn't seem that they intended to leap out, leap into the water, what have you. The parachutes left behind, right? So there was also a file of confidential information on board the blimp as well, indicating that this must have been in a hurry or again in an accident. The only things that were missing from the blimp were the crew's survival vests, which they were required to wear at all times. So it does make sense that they would be missing if the people are missing. While they were drifting, one of the two depth charges that were on board the blimp broke off the rack and fell. And uh, just for what it's worth, because we were talking about the submarines and the countermeasures and all that, depth charges were equipped for anti-submarine purposes. They were weapons that, when detonated, would create a hydraulic shock to damage or otherwise impede the submarines, kind of like a countermeasure, because otherwise, yeah, they might be sitting ducks, as oh, you were yeah. saying. Yeah, for those of you guys that have seen The Hunt for Red October, which is a fantastic submarine movie. It's uh, been a, a long minute since I've seen that movie. Like, wow, what a, movie. what a callback. It was actually later found on the Olympic Club's golf course, which is less than three miles from Lake Merced golf course. So basically, the, the depth charge fell onto some greens. Beyond that, there was a few other things missing as well. So two of the five Mark IV float lights were also missing from the blimp, assumed to have been used to mark the oil slick. Mark IV float lights, for what it's worth, are thrown from the, from the vessel, and they make a flame with a thick black smoke for about two minutes basically to increase visibility, to mark the thing into the air for anybody else, any other ships nearby, but also, if need be, to get visual in the dark sometimes. Finally, and most interestingly, part of the fuel supply had actually been dumped. This is something that you would normally do in case of needing extra speed, maneuverability. You drop some weight uh, by dumping some of the fuel. This is an emergency maneuver, of course. But also, the blimp's battery had been drained. Emergency services even checked inside the balloon itself to see if the crew somehow got trapped inside or needed to move into the balloon for whatever emergency purposes. But of course, the men were still nowhere to be found. There's a few more details here. The crew did not send any emergency transmission despite the radio being in perfect operating condition once it was inspected upon landing. They saw nothing wrong with it. And the crash itself was considered to be so gentle that if the crew was inside at the time, they would have been practically unharmed. So maybe the car made it out alive. A little happy ending there. Uh, it's now a convertible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my soft top. You tore my soft top. Well, okay, so... What are you feeling? I just don't see them being taken hostage, mm -hmm. right? Because what? They float 30 feet above an enemy submarine. Mm -hmm. Someone pops off the, uh, out of the hatch points a pistol right. and goes get out or I'll shoot the blimp. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, I did, it's so awkward. And also, there are two vessels nearby and right. I'm going to get to them because there are eyewitness accounts as to... I was to... about to say, when you talked about like the, um, those are the black lights? The float lights. The float lights. Yeah, they, they create black smoke. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the float lights, I was like, wouldn't the vessels nearby see that? Right. So that, that's very interesting to see. They do. They, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there we'll you go. We'll that. Perfect. So, like, at this point, I'm kind of leaning towards what if they just wanted to disappear right it's kind of it's kind of one of the theories yeah i, I just feel like that's 
that that's a, a solid theory. For some reason, they just wanted to disappear. And now when they you picked talk, up the the blokes from Alcatraz, and that's right. And they're like, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. Um. And you talked about how you know they still had both parachutes and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Who say they didn't bring a third one? Well, there there was three on board. That's the, oh, the normal or, regulated amount. Or I guess. But you're right. What if they five, came on right? with extra? Maybe they brought mm. five and or you know like yeah. There's a. It seems like. A lot of things are accounted for. Sure. Right? And who's to say they didn't just bring extras? Right. And then... To plan some sort of right. D.B. Cooper minus the money so, sort of situation. Yeah, minus a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Unless they somehow... Then they brought money on and then they jumped out. True. I, yeah, see, I like what you're thinking because otherwise it leaves us with very questionable motive, like why or how becomes very nebulous. If you at least go by the book, well, to regulation, there should only be three parachutes, and there still are three. There's one lifeboat, and there still is one. Who knows? I think that's very interesting. It's a very interesting thought. But of course, coming back to the gondola, police searched the area, searched the gondola, searched the sea in order to see if they could find Adams and Cody, but they still could not find them. Most of the information, by the way, of what we have, I just want to reiterate this, mostly come from eyewitness accounts. And the sailors that I wanted to talk about from the Daisy Gray, the ship that was nearby, saw the blimp come down to the water level to investigate, as well as the Liberty ship. They both had eyewitnesses on their boats that reported the blimp dropping down, circling the oil slick, as well as seeing two flares drop from the blimp, presumably the two Mark IV floating lights that are missing. So that that's really nice. I love how that pieces together right. really coherently. Now, it's worth mentioning that we know now, in hindsight, that the two items that were dropped from the blimp were float lights. However, at the time, the sailors on board these boats thought that this supposed ghost blimp were dropping depth charges. And so that's why they were so adamant about their eyewitness accounts. And, and they were documenting all of these things because they were like, listen, if there's going to be some drop charges, we need to be prepared. So they moved their boats away. The Daisy Gray pulled up any nets that they had, expecting the charge to go off. And then they just sat by to wait for the depth charges to go off. And then they would continue their business. So what I mean to say is these aren't just frivolous eyewitness accounts. These are accounts that impacted the workflow of these boats and is now documented on that day because of what they saw. I mean, like, if they were trying to disappear, then they would probably see a boat that they you know what i mean yeah they'd see more they would see if they could more. see the if they could see the lights coming out which by the way i'm holding my hands up i i don't know exactly these particular lights i looked them up and there's various results yeah but anywhere between six inches and a foot or a third of a meter something like that in size so these are relatively small items and so when these sailors are able to see these items dropped you would you would assume that they could see humans right out like they could probably see humans and like a boat it like, was oh, definitely there, was a, there boat. was a boat below them or you're gonna a see a parachute you're gonna see a lifeboat yeah i mean i'm just spiraling at this point like did they jump out into a submarine and they were like oh what if they were spies, spies because of the, the top secret and stuff? went home right because <gasps> of the top secret stuff on the um on the blimp mm, now we're cooking now we're cooking with helium. I like yeah. that. Let's pin that because it, it definitely plays into one of the themes yeah. we're going to talk about. Interestingly enough, and this I love this because it, it kind of closes in the timeline as far as when the disappearance happened. Not only did the sailors of these boats see the depth charges as they saw them, it ended up being lights, come down. 
They also, through their binoculars, were able to see the two crewmen in the gondola. So they knew that they were on board at that time. And so this was the last reported sighting of the crew. So we know now whatever happens, this was the last time that we know for a fact that the blimp was in control. And then we know it drifts. So somewhere between this oil slick activity and the 2000 foot altitude mm -hmm. a few hours later is when it happens. You know, maybe Man. they took it to altitude just so they could parachute away with their extra parachutes and that would sail them way off to, into the distance. True, with the with top secret information. Dang. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Coming back to the investigation, though, and moving down the timeline, when the blimp reached Ocean Beach around 11.15 a.m. and it touched down for a brief moment, the surf fishermen there attempted to stop the blimp and they themselves confirmed that the blimp was empty. There was no one inside of it. So when they see... This blimp going awry, it looks like it's crashing. It's it's touching down on the beach. They're like, I don't know. Let's see if we can strap it down. Wait a minute. There's no one in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, how the hell does a man attempt to stop a blimp? Two hands. That's true. You start with, see, the thing is, you start with two hands. You don't want to drop it. No, not at all. <laughs> and a, and a, you start with two hands and a firm grip. And a prayer. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, you do. A lot of scientific Dude, praying. Because that thing takes off with you on it. Oh, yeah. I, I admire them for trying to stop it, but it's a good question. Um, I'm sure they had rope or nets to try to grasp it, but as soon as it had, like, it might be slow, but it's got momentum. Oh, yes, it does. It's not stopping. So, according to a Navy inquiry on this case, quote, careful analysis of the evidence indicates no reason for voluntary abandonment of the airship. The board therefore believes that abandonment was involuntary. Then another statement says, quote, no fire, no submersion, no misconduct, and no missiles struck the L-8, end quote. A year after the ghost blimps incident, Cody and Adams were declared legally dead and they were never seen again. An L-8 returned to service after some repairs and later returned to Goodyear after World War II ended. So it was a Goodyear blimp, went into service, did its thing, lost two people, and then went back to Goodyear. And that ends the tale of the L-8 ghost blimp. Damn, probably flew around 49er Stadium or something like that. I wonder if it's still in going. service. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be a, Christian, do we know I was if we growing up, see? they saw the Goodyear blimp floating around. You've been in it? No. Oh. I've been in it. I was going to say, did you disappear? <laughs> nope. I haven't been on said ship. It's tiny. No. Man. Any gut checks before we head into the theories? I do like the spy idea. I think in the spy idea. Hopping into a submarine would be very interesting, though you'd see it. And then the high altitude escape very Bond style. Right. Very Moonraker. Yeah. I like it. I think the top secret stuff. Mm hmm But the blimp landed with top secret information. Right. We don't know if there's anything missing. It's all up here in the noggin. Try get yeah? No, that's that's a great point. That's a very good point. Some top secret stuff was still left on board. Maybe they had a camera. Maybe that's the MacGuffin. Took photos? Yes. They took, you know, one of those old school pen cameras mm -hmm. where they go click, click. They got a photo of it. We'll leave it behind so that way we don't look like spies. <sighs> now they're living the high life somewhere across seas. I mean, like, they I, I think it was purposely left as a mystery, mm. right? They, they went, we're not going to touch this. We're not going to touch this. We're not going to do this. We're just going to let it flow. It'll float around, land somewhere. Yeah. Probably do minimal harm. And they're just going to be confused and will never be seen again. Interesting. So the the blimp was returned to Goodyear, like we said, and it flew over sporting events, and it was retired in 1982. 
and now it can be found in the National Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola, Florida, where it is on display. Oh, interesting. Damn, they moved that thing to Florida. And is it haunted? All right, True. we got to get in there. Task Force, Red Web, Fredo, you, me, and Christian, we're going to head down there. We're going to fly that thing, okay? We're going to make sure it's still okay. <laughs> yeah. It's been 41 sure it's years. We're going to make sure it still flies. And then we're going to pop it. And does it, have the, does it still have the ability to disappear a couple of folks? I want to figure out where they went. Right. Okay? We're talking about the Langoliers, you know? Did they end up in the past somewhere else? True. A Could made be. for TV movie yeah. series from Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> really shoehorn in the idea of the movie podcast about mysteries. Look, I just like the idea of you guys taking off in that blimp and then going, all right, Alfredo. Alfredo? Fredo? Fredo. <laughs> just like a, a misty outline of where you once yep. stood. <laughs> right before takeoff, Christian turns to you. He's the new Cody and he goes, James, get off. You're like, I'm not James. I'm Fred. Get off. <laughs> Get off. Get off my blimp. Well, hello there, Red Web Task Force. I hope you guys are doing well. Trevor here with just some business as usual here in the Red Web Task Force. We've got buildings on buildings and rooms on rooms. You know, as soon as they're done remodeling, we tear them down to remodel something else. It's just how the business flows, okay? We keep the rooms moving. Now, some business that I need you to write down. I'm going to say business one more time, then I'm going to abandon that word. Okay, the pin of the months are moving from the first Monday of the month to the first Thursday of the month. And from now on, I think a lot of our, if not all of our merch, will be releasing on Thursdays. So you know to check store.roosterteeth.com on Thursdays for any of that new juicy Red Web merchandise, such as the Sippy Cup of Knowledge, which will be on pre-sale March 9th during our live stream. If you want Alfredo and I to put some good spooky knowledge in your cup before it comes to you, we can do that. We will fill it up with knowledge in the form of a, a fact card. We're not going to put juice in it or something and then send it to you, but we're going to put a little card on there. We're going to sign it, and then we're going to send it to you. And that way you know that that cup does have knowledge. So yeah, tune in March 9th. We're going to live stream. Check out our social handles so you know when that's going to happen and all the details there. Otherwise, this Thursday, the 2nd, is our next pin of the month. If you want to represent the aliens out there, we have our UAP pin coming. So. Never forget to stamp that one into your collection. They like to fly off the shelves quickly. Otherwise, I want to talk about some sponsors of our own. That's right. We're self-sponsored this week. Uh, if you don't know, Red Web is part of the Rooster Teeth network of podcasts and other shows going on. And Rooster Teeth has been around the block. I mean, they've been on the internet for longer than too many of us. That's right, Rooster Teeth is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year on April 1st, 2023. And what are we doing for that? Well, on March 17th, for 20 weeks straight, we are bringing back a lot of RT classics that you may have heard of, like, oh, I can't say it. Oh, I can't say it. It's a surprise. We're not announcing a lot of them, so you're just going to have to tune in every single week for 20 weeks. And if you want to support Rooster Teeth, you want to support this show, in fact, you can get all of these episodes one whole week early. That means it will launch on March 10th for you firsties. But if you don't know what first is, it just means you support us. It's like our subscription service. You get everything nice and early. But if you get that, you also get Red Web a day early, 24 hours early with no ads. So it's another way to support the show and support Rooster Teeth. Celebrate 20 years of amazing internet content. YouTube.com slash Rooster Teeth. Go check them out. And then keeping it in the family, we also have our friends over at Funhouse. I want to shout out their revamped Funhouse podcast. They have a whole channel, F-U-N-H-A-U-S, and they just started their next one. It's called Funhouse 2. T 
T-O-O, because it's also Funhouse. And that is where the recently revamped Funhouse podcast led by Lindsay and Ryan are coming to you every single week. You never know what wild hijinks they're going to get into, but they're both some of the most hilarious content creators I've ever listened to or had the pleasure of working with. You can join them every single Thursday as they guide their friends, their guests, down a bottomless rabbit hole of weird and interesting topics and discussions like how to throw the ultimate party, which Valentine's romantic advice you should never follow, and whether an entire podcast episode can be written by AI. A very controversial topic, but they will make it funny every single time. Heads up, the podcast has moved once again, youtube.com slash at symbol funhouse2. So make sure that you head over there, subscribe to their new channel, give them some love. It's a lot of fun and joy every single week, and they're really good friends of ours. So go check it out, the Funhouse podcast. And to reiterate, the podcast is now on their new channel, youtube.com slash funhouse2. That's T-O-O. Go subscribe and listen to them wherever you listen to Red Web. All right. With that said, let's get right back into the mystery. All right, let's talk about some of the theories. We're going to start with some of the more obvious ones, and then we'll slowly devolve into the maybe less grounded ones, but still very interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the simplest yet most common theory around what happened to the crew of the ghost blimp is that they fell out of the gondola, which implies that an accident happened. I don't know if they were, you know, hanging out the window, daring each other to do stuff. Who knows? But most likely in the water since they could not be located anywhere on land. And of course, if two gentlemen ended up in the water, especially if they drowned, it would be very, very difficult to find them once again, as as is with the case of Alcatraz. We yeah. talked about that, and one of the theories is that they drowned, one of the theories is that they made it. And if they drowned, why can't we find them? Because these waters are dark and big and mysterious, and there's just a lot of it. So Yeah, there is. It's taken out to sea. Yeah. Oh, the currents. Yeah, I could definitely drag them around. Now, the theory goes that the crew turned off the engine to slow it down while one of the crew members was trying to repair the engine or check the oil slick, at which point they fell overboard. The L8 had recently been inspected and was found to be in excellent shape, so we're unsure why the engine would have needed repair during the flight. Of course, once it hit the cliff, we know that, but this is more while they're looking at the oil slick. It had performed over a thousand trips without any significant mechanical problems up until this point, so... One could say that it was overdue for something to go wrong, but others could say it's a very reliable vessel. Why would it break now? And for what reason, especially having just been inspected? In an effort to try to locate the fallen crew members, the other crew member leaned out perhaps to get a better look and also fell. Maybe they slipped in the same way, whatever accident caused the first crew member to fall. That's kind of how the theory unfolds. It's kind of a, a series of unfortunate accidents. I mean, it, yeah, it literally could be someone fell and the other person tried to help them and they also fell as well. Mm -hmm. But it's just damn unfortunate. Yeah. But why? I mean, like the little detail of telling the mechanic to stay home, the third person. Yeah. Why? I don't know if there's anything sinister to that or if right. it's just... Or uh, just sheer odd. luck. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We're going to talk about some of the wrinkles with this theory as well. You know how we do. We're going to talk about the theories, but we're also going to talk about how the theories maybe don't stand because... This theory is questionable because Cody and Adams were very experienced pilots. It's not likely that they would do something dangerous to endanger themselves to then fall out. And if somebody fell out, I'm sure they would report it before they themselves start to go leaning out the vehicle and also Ooh, falling. that's true. Why wouldn't you take a second to report it? Unless it was a situation 30 feet, you think maybe I can save them quickly, but you would grab the life raft, no? 
Yeah, you would. Mm. Throw like throw the life raft down, the jackets. Yeah. Radio in. I mean, I guess in a very rare situation, I'm falling, I'm falling, and then you jump on over and you accidentally get pulled in. Mm -hmm. I, it's, uh, Trevor, I'll be honest. All right, we're on there. Christian goes, I'm falling, I'm falling. I let Christian fall. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. I'm I falling. Let... I'm falling. You can still pick me up. Like, no, I'm holding onto the edge. I'm, I'm already telling Trevor to radio it in, Christian. <laughs> He's like, we're gonna on. do this the right no, way. No, no, I, I think I've got a really good grip. We, yeah, I'm sorry. We, we've heard about ghost blimp. Okay, <laughs> let me throw you a life vest, the life raft. Yep, Trevor, yep. radio it in. Sorry. Yeah. Just marking this time good for the authorities in the future. 100 oh, percent. Mark mm -hmm, that up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mark it for him. Yep. Specifically him. <laughs> But some more wrinkles here, right? We talked about the other ships being able to see them in the gondola, so we knew that they were on board. And if that's the case, they would have probably seen them. To your point, Fredo, your gut instinct is right. They probably would have seen them falling off board, so something would have been awry. Additionally, their bodies never washed up on shore, which is common uh, if you're going to be in the water this close to shore. You, uh, you know, Were you they close enough? I don't, I don't know. See, I know the authorities would have expected, given the path yeah. of the blimp, that they would have washed up on shore. But again, the ocean is a mysterious and fickle thing. Who knows how she works? Mm. The great mystery of our time. But yeah, their bodies never washed up on shore regardless. But wrinkles aside, you know, again, trying to put ourselves into the mindset of the theory. If it's true, it does explain the two missing float lights. It explains further the idea of the ship descending. But some new information here. The loudspeaker horn, which is similar to a megaphone, was found dangling from the gondola, which was assumed to have been used to communicate with the first crew member who fell when putting that piece of evidence through the theory. Like, why would that be hanging on? Was, so was it a damaged piece, oh. Christian? Was, it, was the loudspeaker kind of dangling in a broken way, or was it installed no. there? My, my assumption is that it was dangling in the way... Like, you know, something usually has to be docked into a holster or something like yeah. that. And it was dangling in a way that it hadn't been properly stored again, mm -hmm. implying that somebody had been trying to use it in a rush. And for yeah. whatever reason, they weren't able to properly, you know, put the okay. item back. So wait, that was the way how I is it dangling it. off? Are the windows like not closed? Is it dangling like with the door open? That's another thing. Not entirely sure, like the full details if it was dangling outside of the gondola or just dang dangling from you know wherever it's hooked up inside of the gondola. But uh, the main takeaway is that it was dangling in some way, and like I said, hadn't been properly stored back to its its initial got it location. Hmm. And is that what you can see in this photo, the thing hanging down below? Because I thought that that was kind of landing gear. I'm talking about the the photo of the blimp that's kind of sagging a little bit, Task Force, if you want to check that one out again. Oh, social. maybe it is. Maybe but that is it. There's like a, a single item kind of hanging down. Oh, there is. I mean, yeah, yeah okay, that, that kind of makes sense. Because I, I, I could see like if it was dangling inside, I mean, it was getting banged around on right, against uh, right. cliffside, so it's probably just like it came loose. Right. But then also like be weird to be like grab the megaphone, call call out as you you know slip fall as well and then throw it back into the ship you know what i mean like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, uh, the blimp yeah it doesn't make sense but if it's that they're dangling it looks like it is then i guess they fell with the microphone and then the door closed and caught it huh or yeah maybe it was the the cord was hanging out the window and right. it was just still like attached to yeah. wherever yeah because it, it looks inside. like the cord is hanging 
Oh man, it's it's one of those mysteries Ooh, where weird. it's like it's so simple, but also very simple. But how? Yeah, how did two people go missing? Right. Well, ultimately, I mean, I think it's an interesting theory. It's totally possible that in some way that they fell out, because accidents do happen. No matter how skilled you are, you can still befall an accident. But again, sailors, fishermen on nearby ships would have. I mean, they were watching the ship closely because they were waiting for these depth charges to go off, because that's what they thought was falling into the water initially. So they would very likely have seen people falling out of this ship. So a lot of people also question why they didn't radio for help. So those are the wrinkles for that particular theory. But again, a lot of theories to go. So let's move on to the next one. This theory stems from the fact that the incident occurred pretty soon after the attack on Pearl Harbor. So it was fresh in the minds of Americans at the time. So from that, many people have theorized that the crew may have actually been Japanese spies. We kind of riffed on that a little bit, Fredo, uh, in the episode because... All things otherwise considered, it seems like a that would be the clean getaway. What's the motive? Why would they intentionally jump out? Is it likely that a crew with 20 years experience would accidentally fall? I don't know. But it at least makes sense on paper, right? I mean, but also what secrets would they really have? That's, that's a very good question. It just seems so bottom tier. I mean, granted, I'm sure like if you're trying to gain government secrets, you throw out a wide net in some cases, and just try and get what you can. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems so low-hanging fruit in terms of information that you'd get. Uh, we've got certain patterns from this blimp along the Bay Area coastline. I don't... Yeah. Like, this. these are their defenses. This is how you vote. And yeah. I mean, if you can't have contact back and forth, assuming you're a Japanese spy and you're trying to make it back home, there might be a predetermined date in a predetermined time for you to leave. And and regardless of how much information you have, you go, I got to stick to the plan. I yeah. might not have what I need, this but is, this yeah, is the this plan. This is my time of exit. Yeah. After the blimp began its unexpected descent, the spies could have jumped overboard and escaped on board a submarine or an escape boat. The same wrinkle comes to play, which is if a submarine surfaced or a boat picked these guys up, how did nearby ships, boats, etc., not find that no, out or not see the, how it? How did they not see it? But, I mean, additionally, we saw this blimp at a super high altitude. You've talked about the idea of them bringing extra parachutes. I'm sure maybe somebody would have seen that, maybe not. But if they took the blimp way too high, parachuted off to some sort of landing site, then they just leave the blimp to kind of slowly descend and bump into a bunch of stuff. I don't know. But then why cause all of this ruckus with, like, descending to, like, 30 feet? And reporting in an oil slick, etc. Maybe to look honest? I don't know. I'd just go up and dip. It's a, it's a good wrinkle. It, I mean, yeah. Just dip. Go out, you know. Oh, we don't see anything. We're not going to go down to 30 feet. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. You dip. you steer that thing far out into the ocean and then just dip. Mm-hmm. Why not just do that? It's a good question. But building on this theory, because there's not a lot to go off of here. It's more just trying to fill in the gaps. Uh, some people have also theorized, like you did, Fredo, that perhaps they were kidnapped by the crew on board the submarine nearby, that instead of being Japanese spies, that they themselves were kidnapped by the Japanese. Others have also theorized that Cody and Adams were spying for Japan and escaped to the submarine that they saw, maybe not in the moment when they were descended down to the water, but they basically confirmed that it was there. And instead of radioing back any information, they just kind of slowly lifted back off and parachuted into a nearby spot in the water. Who knows? I mean, 
I'm also kind of firing off, and we're talking about the wrinkle of people seeing the two lights, the float lights, I hit mean, the maybe. water. What if each float light was actually a person jumping in with a float light? And so from afar, they'd go, oh, those were just the float lights. But actually, maybe Ooh. these guys jumped in with them. Then it looks like the smoke's coming out. And then they just kind of dive down or I don't know if there's an airlock or if the thing would have to surface. I don't know much about submarines, but right. I don't know. That was my thing, too. It's they like grab onto the side. a submarine as a, as a person swimming, right? As a scuba diver. Jeez. But hardcore. It's very hardcore. Um, or maybe the plan was to lower, get really close, right? Find the oil slick, get really close, lower, board the submarine. Mm -hmm. And then went, oh, snap, there's people watching. Take it back up, parachute in. Uh, or, again, Ooh, an we, or, we, or, this, an or on the or. Listen, th this is the rabbit hole episode of rabbit holes. But I think either way, they, they jumped out here now or whatever. They could have easily just like, all right. They push the dial forward, which makes the blimp go, time to go up now. And then they hop out and off the blimp goes and they go, I guess they're just going to. Anyway, anyway, I, I'm right. Could, that's, that's the thing, too. We it's could like, go down hypothetical hole after yeah, hole. Yeah, we could be here all day. But here's the next theory. I, I'm really interested to see what you think on this one. Because another theory is that there was actually an unwanted third passenger that was stowed away on this blimp. Someone that they weren't expecting or maybe were expecting. I don't know. But this stowaway Whoever they may have been is unclear, but the theory states that they may have fought the crew, restrained them, or perhaps even murdered the crew somehow in order to take charge of the blimp themselves. Basically, hijacking this blimp for whatever purpose is yet to be determined, because obviously the blimp kind of came to a gentle crash, but likely an inexperienced pilot would cause that. They wouldn't know how to operate this thing. And so maybe this passenger crashed the blimp, somehow jumped out, via parachute to escape this thing but again all the parachutes are present and so i don't know it's oh gosh i just don't with this theory in particular what are you getting out of it hell yeah we destroyed their blimp we know. Got, you know what i mean like it, so it much i mean effort. i think the question of motive is a better question to have than what happened at all yeah the, this theory is interesting and totally possible it, it's just a struggle of what then happened to that third person then becomes the question. But what's interesting about this theory is that there is some grounds for it because there was a witness named Ida Ruby who told the press that while she was out uh, for a horse ride near the beach, she actually herself saw the gondola with binoculars and she claimed that she saw a third person moving around inside. So that's where this whole oh, theory stems from. Man. The Navy inquiry, it's worth mentioning, said that it's not possible that somebody snuck aboard. There was nowhere to hide. It was too small. And again, if we have these other ships nearby, taking a look, they saw two people, they too would have probably seen the third unless they didn't reveal themselves. But then where are they hiding? It just becomes kind of like this round robin of... What if he's just prone on his stomach with his gun pointed up? Going, no. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, get in, don't say anything. Right. And if he lays real flat, maybe they don't see him. Maybe yeah. they're like, there's an area rug in here. Worm <laughs> tactics. What? Christian, I think I could lay pretty flat. You know, if I get my arms out, my yeah. legs out, you can't get any flatter. You you'd never know. Basically invisible. Know. If I hug the wall, you wouldn't see me. Wor <laughs> Again, worm tactics. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Got to get in the desert. That's, that's desert power. <laughs> worm <laughs> tactics. <laughs> it's a Dune reference for my movie podcast okay yeah, uh, but i mean it's interesting i do like the idea of a, of a hijacking it makes this a little less mysterious and a little bit more cleanly possible yeah 
Um, it, it removes some of the other questions, but let's continue. Another, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very tiny mm -hmm. area. I feel like you'd walk in and you go, there's a man. Right. <laughs> right. There's not a lot of space like that. You're in there. Yeah, unless right. you're hiding up in the balloon like, the and you're breathing that helium and yeah. not passing out somehow. And then he pops down from in the balloon once oh they're at altitude. God. He's like, everybody freeze. <laughs> Put your hands in up. The balloon the whole time. I've been hiding in the balloon this whole time. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. It the weirdest I'm hijacking. a little woozy, but. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Anyway, let's move on. We have a lot of theories still, but they're all a little shorter. So another theory is that perhaps Cody and Adams got into some sort of argument and fought each other, leading to one killing the other. The theory goes that the killer hid on the gondola until landing in Daly City, and then he hid the body and disappeared into the crowd. However, the Navy claims that they thoroughly searched the ground for bodies and did not find either Cody nor Adams. Very simple. Um, Why wouldn't I, you just ditch the body over the water? Ditch the body over the water, 100%. Or you go way up to altitude where no one's really going to expect you or see you, and then you and you kind of just right. off it goes, and uh, then you parachute. I, again, all the parachutes are accounted for. So I, bring an extra one. I mean, there's no that. Dang it. It, it just brings me. It just brings me back to the premeditation, right? Yeah, that's it's difficult. We could think about it mm -hmm. multiple ways. A more sensational theory, before we get to aliens, is that the crew members were perhaps involved in a love triangle where the two fought over the same partner. Out of jealousy, one of the men murdered the other and disposed of the body. The surviving man then fled the scene once the blimp landed and was never seen again. It's very similar to the foul play, but with a little bit more pizzazz, more drama. To it it's it's got less it's less based in facts and more based in this could answer it but we did want to cover it and also like okay these past two theories i guess like so wait are they saying that the blimp landed on the car uh, that the person was washing then that, they got out of the blimp oh i'm happy you said it because that's what i'm feeling if they do uh, i'll wait till i land you know in my planned destination of daily city after right bouncing around the cliff sides yeah and then not be seen yeah, like you're saying it's foggy it ain't that foggy hey sorry about your car <laughs> uh, a, don't tell anybody <laughs> like, you just dinged my car right. i'm gonna tell the world <laughs> right. i'm telling everyone there's not enough money in your pocket exactly. to, to, to convince that person to not tell look anybody. it's not the mist okay it's foggy it's not the movie <laughs> where you can't see right. your Cthulian arm in front of your face yeah right. exactly you see a man sneaking out of the damn <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what makes it hard for me to believe those. I'm thinking the fog rolled in thick. <laughs> right. And he dipped out. No one heard it. I heard a squeak and then the, the door closed. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyway. yeah, why are you washing your car if it's that foggy that day? <laughs> <laughs> Free moisture. All right, let's move on to the next two theories and then we'll close out the episode. Researcher Otto Gross theorized that perhaps the military was testing out some kind of technology such as an experimental radar, and that this whole thing might have been a cover-up. He goes on to say that the microwaves may have not been shielded properly and affected the crew so badly that they may have been forced to flee the aircraft, or just in a confused state might have fled the aircraft to their own peril. Interestingly, there was supposed to be a third crew member that we talked about aboard the ghost blimp that day, and strangely, the machinist James Riley Hill, the person who was told to stay off board, was aboard that morning and they were told not to be. Hill himself believed it was due to the added weight because it is a blimp and weight is part of the equation here. But many people want to fill in the gaps and say it's because there was something being known about 
whether it be an experiment or some other sort of governmental conspiracy or cover-up. But there's no evidence that strongly support any of this or any sort of secret weapons being tested on this flight. So it's really hard to say, but we did want to mention it because, you know, we uncover every rock and stone. But also why test it? I don't know. It's just so weird. But like, hey, we need to test this. And then just go, yeah, use it on the two blimp guys. Yeah. That or was it something on the blimp that was then going to be used in a kind of sonar type way? Oh, Let's true. use these microwaves and see if they can either attack, damage, uh, respond to or interfere with the submarine. But and then when they used it, the crew gets all confused or hurt. Where's or, that device? Well, where's the device? Well, that's what makes this a perfect theory is when you start talking about governments and cover ups. Yeah, you can say, well, of course, they took it. It's on a black site and they kept it censored. So, of course, you don't know where it is. Mm. That's the thing is you can, they, whatever things, right? I guess you if need, a blimp landed, I wouldn't know if it was a, if they had some kind of device that wasn't a part of originally mm. the blimp's function, right? Yeah. They're, yes. they're, they're like, the guy's cleaning his car, the blimp lands, and, mm -hmm. and then uh, the police immediately surround. And then the right. feds then immediately surround the police and they say, no, 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 this is our crime scene. And then they start distracting the guy as someone unscrews right. a device underneath. Or was the megaphone that was dangling some sort of microwave device? My tinfoil's on tight. It's on real tight. This Last theory. Like, like you said, so simple, but... I know, it just I mean, makes me wonder. Just, it's there's so a curious. lot of, like, tangible evidence. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. like, very strong corroborating stories. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how they, they went missing. Yeah. Well, the last theory might be the strongest. Was this crew abducted by aliens? I, I guess we'll it. never... I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You said this one might be the strongest. I was like, we mm. haven't gotten to aliens. <laughs> and something tells me that this is aliens. I mean, listen, if we're going to start talking about aliens, now's the time to do it. We're talking about a high altitude balloon or it's capable of it. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that aliens are about to reveal themselves in real time as of the recording of this episode. Who knows? But, I mean, it's a very thin and flimsy theory. It's simply a, a posit. What if they were abducted by aliens? It would answer all the questions. They were just sucked out the windows and off they went. They were never found. Damn. But, of course, there's no other evidence to support this. There's no radioactivity measured on this craft. Yeah. There's no heat differences. There's no other witnesses of this thing. So, of course, we can, we can wax poetic about the silliness of the theory, but that's mostly because... Unlike other UFO theories or alien-centric theories, there's nothing to go off of here. I think it was Barney and Betty Hill, that yeah. episode we talked about there being temperature differences, a lot of visible things in the sky, a lot of eyewitnesses, and then helicopters chasing and reports and sonar and radiation kind of measured on site. So we've talked about all that stuff. None of it's present here. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, if they were abducted and they were sucked out, I mean, look, I'm not... Who's... Uh, who's I'm not one to say I know alien technology, but I, I think I don't think it'd be as smooth as they just get Star Trek beamed out, right? Right. I think it's like a Armageddon freedom and independence shuttle type situation where in that movie, one of the shows, I think it's Freedom, gets hit by an asteroid and then the pilots just get sucked out. And they go, yep. oh my gosh, and they get sucked out. You know what I mean? I don't think it'd be as pleasant as like they get beamed out. You know right. what I mean? I like, they had explosive so, decompression at right. 30 feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
But yeah, here, here's you know I like to talk about aliens, but oh, I'm sorry, got to. And my extraterrestrial friends, and, and not he, this time. And here's my not this question time. to mm-hmm. Trevor Ooh. and Christian, aka the chair. The chair. Mm. We find out. We we finish this episode. Take me. Oh, sorry. I th- okay. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> man's ready. Uh, we finish this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the thing. Yeah. Find out social media confirmed it's aliens. We don't know yet what mm-hmm. the motive is or anything like that. Mm-hmm. How are you? Like, what is your gut check? Like, this is it. This this is aliens. Like all like all the different nations and countries are like, guys, this is aliens. Whew. First sign of aliens. We don't know their motive yet. We don't know what they want. Who they are, how intelligent, non-intelligent, etc. But aliens. Mm. Man, I don't know, Christian. Do you, what's your gut instinct on this one? Yeah, I don't know. That's a. It could be subtle. That's a level of reflection I wasn't prepared to have today. I feel like my hope would be on a positive side that humanity would almost be forced to throw away our petty squabbles in the for the, the when you sh- are shrinked that much when you right. look at the greater cosmos and how small of a speck we are i mean yeah we are in a void of emptiness and i mean there are clusters in space we are actually our solar system and, and i should say our galaxy is also in a local like void anyway uh i can go off the deep end about that the point is if aliens show up i'm i'm not paying my taxes I don't need to do that anymore. That's where this man goes. I don't need to do that anymore. That's where this man goes. They're here to save us and, and gift From us and just taxes. bathe us in their glory. From Uncle Sam. I'm thinking they they must have games on games beyond games. And I'm like, plug me into their matrix to see what's going on. I think life becomes a trip. Life becomes pure recreation. And then and then eventually, uh, you know, after the uh, utopia comes the dystopia. But I'll be long gone by then, you know. Yeah. I'll yeah. be I'll be cruising around in my Wally chair. I tell you what, I'm not coming it. into work tomorrow. Yeah, I'd be, yeah that's that would be off. that would be yeah. Such, yeah. such a weird thing to do. Like news today, as aliens revealed themselves for the first time, we have President Biden on the line to uh, break bread with these little green folks. And I, then I, I uh, feel like you know, and then we're like, yeah, I, I'll go into work. I got a meeting <laughs> at nine. Yeah, I got, I got this red web pitch meeting. <laughs> uh, we got our next ghost hunt coming up. I don't know what I would do, man. That that I feel that's like I, I, I stay home. I, I I would watch over the news, social media. Mm-hmm. Honestly, more so, stay home. I would drive immediately to go get supplies. Oh, you and everyone else. I'd be right. I'd be tucked into my in my closet with the TV pulled in there, walking Phoenix style, uh, like yep, signs. signs. I'm like, yeah, yeah. let me let me let me bunker down a little bit. I would not be sleeping. I would literally yeah. be watching the entire yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, I'd say, let me hunker down, stay a little safe, right, and then glue myself to the news to figure mm-hmm. out what the status is. Because beyond all the immediate turmoil would be, right. Can we unify on the other side of this? Can True. we realize some level? What of we do peace? is we get together, we gather in someone's house mm. on the roof. We write the coordinates. To Christian's place. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where we what? we hunkered down, right? Right, right. Exactly. It's a galactic uh geocache. So yeah. It's a misdirect what it is. Yeah, it's a I mean, would, My answer is gonna be fortifying, and I feel like it needs to be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we are going okay, to Christian's well, how house. Are you? Okay, let me let me I know we're we're at the end of the episode. Oh, we're, we're just the, yeah. we're uh, we're just kind of like rambling at this point, but what is okay, fortifying. This man, I mm. he went off the deep end on the deep They taxes. traveled through space, okay? How the hell are you fortifying against aliens? You might as well leave your door unlocked, dude. <laughs> right, right. 
fortifying. No, no, no. I, I want to give him a chance. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. Tell it's, like, I'm curious. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I mean, like, it's not going to work, but I still have to try. Okay. It's like, okay. You know, like, 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 what, what, yeah. like, you got a whole stack of two by fours? Yeah. Like, when you, Ooh. like, when you're prepping for a hurricane, you get, like, some plywood. You yes. Nail them over your windows. Try to board up your windows. Try to, like, barricade the doors some more. Mm -hmm. Do what you can. And then they Star Trek teleport right into your house. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. But then you can, you can say, well, at least I tried. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, that's, you tried to keep look, us out. You're on the naughty list. <laughs> that, that's what Christian thinks in his head. What's going to happen is he grabs a, the kitchen uh, chair, wedges it against the front door, and goes, that's all I can do. <laughs> what oh, happens now is God's plan. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think... Just, I, it would be. I can't help, I, honestly, I, it would be terrifying. It would be very terrifying. But removing myself from the equation, I think, and maybe it's just because all of the social media algorithms know I make this podcast, and so they feed me my own b b crap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People at large do seem to be further and further okay with the idea of aliens being revealed to the point where they're like, just make it happen, just reveal them. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it almost feels like it's impending. But I think it's just more of a a meme. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that there would almost be a sigh of relief going, ah, I knew it. Now let's just hope. Let's well, one half. The other half would be riots. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Man, that's that's heavy to process. Well, I'll, I'll, um, we'll leave it with the task force. I was about to say, we'll Hell leave it with yeah. the task force. Like your instinct right now, you finish listening to the episode. Some of you guys, right? It's a Monday. A lot of you guys tell me you're driving, you're listening at work or whatnot or to bed, what, mm -hmm. you know, however you have it. Boom, you get notified, text, call, or whatever, aliens, it's a thing. What's your move? What's your move? Oh. We don't we don't know anything else. We just know yeah. the initial, like, it's confirmed. Yep. It is aliens. What's your move? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let us know, Task Force, and bask in it. I mean, that's a deep question, honestly. Right. But otherwise, Fredo, we got another mystery right here, same time, next week on Monday, and I'll see you then. Well, unless the aliens are really aliens yeah, here that's now. That's true, and then and we got to really... It's kind of difficult to, I mean, let's be honest, Task Force, if you guys expect an episode when the aliens are hitting, like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's aliens. Not better check the red web. <laughs> Task Force, what's our move? Bye, everyone. We'll tell you once it's done. <laughs> once it's over, we'll tell you.